Hey, Warren. So, Nick, yes, I was wondering if I should ask our guest for a joke because you were unprepared for that. <laughs> no, I am prepared. I have a whole book of jokes. But you've now. got a, a little book the size of the yellow pages, which is not very little. Are you ready? Let's go. Get it done. How did the drummer sell her sofa? No. Per cushion. Oh, my goodness, man. That was a cracker. Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade, helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Come on, All tell right, me listeners. So you're going to have to start giving Nick some feedback on her jokes, listeners. Otherwise, she's just going to keep going. If you're groaning in your car as you listen to these and you'd like it to stop, give us some feedback. Actually, go and give us a one-star review on Spotify or no, something. No, don't I do you. that. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> and then put in the feedback section, Nick's jokes. That's all. If you know, you know. <laughs> Somebody's going to go and do that. Nobody will be able to find us on Spotify anymore. It'll be the second Spotify review, I think. It'll I don't think awful. most people know that they can review us on Spotify. Because it's only a new feature. It is. Anyway, we are not here to talk about jokes, um, although our guest today is a Kiwi, so that's probably <laughs> funny enough. Uh, but we've actually got one of our, our what's well, another real tradie story today. Um, real tradie guys, and today's guy is definitely a guy because he's he's got one of the best beards I've ever seen. I have such beard envy. Uh, ben Holzbosch, welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast, mate. Thank you for having me. It's an honour. Pleasure, no, mate. It's, it's an honour to have you here. Love chatting with a, a man with a beard. <laughs> Just something about Pleasure. a man with a beard. I'm starting to sound a bit scary now, aren't I, Nick? You're digging a hole, and I don't know whether it's, I'm going to fall in it or you're going to fall in it. Or maybe we'll push Ben it. into it. Yeah, we'll just shove the Kiwi in the hole instead. Yeah, it's been done. <laughs> <laughs> now, we were just having a good old chin wag, and uh, as we usually do, we have a great chat before we press record. <laughs> we kind of have to recreate some of the conversation for our episode um but ben you are one of our awesome tradiepreneurs uh and you're a you're a tradiepreneur with a difference listeners because ben is a newbie he's a bit green behind the ears um and wet behind the beard so he's only just recently started his business how long have you been up and running now ben um, i've been up and running for about three months now. okay so nice yep. and fresh and innocent <laughs> Definitely innocent. <laughs> uh, so we want to chat to you about, I guess, that whole starting a business thing today. Before we get into that, though, um, I just want to know how Kiwis find sheep in the grass. Well, they usually come to their name. <laughs> so all that you need to do is stand by the fence and yell out to them and they usually come to you anyway. Because I had a bloke tell me once that he found them very nice. Thank you. <laughs> Your joke's dreadful, Warwick. <laughs> oh, I'm, no refra- I'm refraining so much from just punning out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I usually do a really bad accent, uh, and I'm not going to today. No, please. I can do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> you can do a bad Aussie accent, mate. Oh, 
All right. So, um, Ben, you're not just a business owner and a tradepreneur, but you also love to chop a log. Yep, I sure do. <laughs> Nick rolls her eyes at me. <laughs> it's probably the first the first sport that I've ever picked up and run with as well. Because as a as a Kiwi, um, you'd probably expect me to play rugby and all of that sort of stuff. But in my younger days, I was in the musical scene, more of a guitar player, and that was sort of my thing. Well, so like, after I moved, like Men in Tights musicals, you know. Yeah, yeah, makeup and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, nice. But yeah, I picked that up and I, I love it. Wood chopping wow. is probably the best best thing that I've ever done as far as exercise goes. Hmm. I can say with authority that you are the only client we have that competitively wood chops. Is that even the right terminology? Yeah, yeah. Competitive wood chopper. I don't even have a fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even use the, the byproducts, mate. I can't. I have to. I have to find people to give it away to wow. <laughs> i get a stockpile stockpile at my tiny unit and just hand it off <laughs> you need to and, go and visit work for a bit and just uh for our listeners benefit ben does not have a firewood business although i think you should set up a side hustle mate yeah. uh except for the fact that you live in probably one of the hottest states in australia uh, being western australia so probably not much business over there for firewood supply nah i've had i a while ago, I've had a conversation with a um Italian restaurant down the road who do wood fired pizzas. pizzas. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna... <laughs> but I decided that it's a lot easier if someone just comes and picks it up instead of having to take it wheelbarrow load at a time down the road. <laughs> Absolutely, move that stuff on. So, how did you even come to participating in a sport like wood chopping? I is it something you just tripped over, or a friend, or somebody you knew had done it and recommended it? Um, so. I still remember the date, like the day that I decided to do it. I was at lunchtime um, when I first started my apprenticeship in 2018, I think it was. It's not even long ago. Mm-hmm. And I saw a video on Facebook and I thought to myself, shit, that looks fun. I wonder if there's anywhere in Perth that you can do that. So I started searching and found a association that was close to me that does training every Monday and got in touch with them and started doing it. Started with the axe, I've still got it. It's called the $20 special and it's about that big. I was cutting 14-inch logs with that and just absolutely ruining myself, but it got me <laughs> got me some good technique. <laughs> okay, you're going to have, have to explain to me how you go from watching a video of somebody chopping wood to turning that into fun because I've missed something along the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I might add, I had a business cutting and supplying firewood. That was the first business I ever owned 25-odd um, years ago now. I did not find that fun. It was hard work. Yeah, it's a wee bit. It's a wee bit different doing the competition. What it's definitely a lot softer being green. But I don't know what it, I don't know what it was that made me look at that and think, oh yeah, that's a bit of fun. But it did. <laughs> like I said before, it's in in the, in the blood with my uh, my old man used to do it as I later sort of found out, mm. which is very lucky. Very serendipitous, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah, it's in in the blood. Yeah, there's there's a really great segue here, and I'm pretty sure no one is gonna <clears throat> pick this up, <laughs> not even Nicole. No. Um. So there's there's a a quote supposedly from I think it's George Washington, uh, that if he had, I can't remember the number, you know, if he had seven hours to chop down a tree, he'd spend six hours sharpening his axe. 
and <clears throat> boom, boom. Uh, but it, it gets used a lot by coaches, of course, mm. um, to illustrate how much or how important preparation is instead of just, your, you described it so well, Ben, is with your $20 special flailing at this log and destroying yourself and not probably making much progress. Having the right tool and obviously putting a lot of effort into sharpening your tool before you go whacking things with it. <clears throat> and starting a business is very similar to that, where you can just pick up and go smash yourself in business and just go hell for leather and hope to get some results. Or you could actually go get the right tools, you know, spend a lot of time sharpening them, learning how to use them well. And like you, with your wood chopping, like you've won... What what was the title you won recently? Something insane. Um, I got it was wood chopper of the show or something at the Perth Royal Show. I won the most events out of any wood chopper there in the open event, which I was pretty pretty, pretty happy impressive, with. mate. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. should be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you've probably a, beaten but, a bunch of guys that have been doing it for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet they were stoked <laughs> about that. It was a bit of a it was a bit of a bit of a feather in the hat. Absolutely. Is there such a thing as like axe sabotage? Is there tampering? Is there a tampering rule? Oh, yeah, there's actually stories of people that go up and take a penny and scratch the edge oh, with it. I've, I don't even know if it's true, but it bloody sounds pretty good. Oh, wow. Poor, poor, poor bugger to anyone that had that happen. Yeah. Imagine the strain on your body. So when you talk about your $20 special and, and flogging yourself to cut through that wood... I can only imagine the the intense strain on your body if your instruments aren't sharp. Yeah. Because you would have to use so much more of your physicality to be able to punch through that wood. Yeah, and and the one thing, probably the worst thing about having a dull axe or an axe that wasn't sharpened correctly is if it cuts that deep and it doesn't, bounce out and come back to you you've got to pull it out of that wood where it's wedged in there so hard and that's where it absolutely kills you because you could have the sharpest axe in the world but if it's not done correctly and if it's not made so that it's easy to use then it's going to kill you bit like business really another great metaphor doesn't it yeah i thought you'd grab that segue so so Ben, you started wood chopping. You're an absolute gun. Um, I feel like you've brought a similar approach mm. to starting your business. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit, I guess, about well, a bit about you and also about your business and kind of how all this this came about? Yeah, well, I'm a I am a heavy diesel fitter by trade, um, working primarily primarily on water well drilling rigs and drill rigs around Western Australia. Um, I know I've been around drill rigs for the last 10 years. Half of those were off-siding and drilling, and then I transitioned into becoming a fitter because I used to get too excited when the rig would break down and I got a chance to have a go at fixing it. <laughs> <laughs> so so I got an opportunity to do my apprenticeship and I jumped in and did that. And I'm a pretty obsessive person by nature. Like anything that I start doing, I just take in as much as I can and go hell for leather over it. So once I got back up north after doing my apprenticeship to go and look after the same drill rigs that I used to drill on and offside on, I started clicking in my brain about moving to New Zealand and 
how I can't I, I can't just move back home with a trade or anything like that. I need to learn how to run a business because that was the natural next step mm. to giving us control over our lives. Mm. And it was the switch that went off as soon as I had that sort of that connection was made. It was just boom, and then started obsessing over that and researching and yeah, it was it was a bloody deep rabbit hole that I'm still going down, and I think I'm just at the start of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a yeah. interesting journey. We were talking earlier before we press record um, mm. about how rare it is, I think, for business owners to really consciously take that first step into business. I think many of us sort of fall into business. I know many of my businesses come about from a great idea or a conversation and suddenly I have a business and I probably haven't really planned it out the way I should have. Yes, I'm talking about tradies and business at a, at a what was it, a fuel station yeah. on the side of the highway. Um, yeah. But most of my businesses have been the same. And I think for tradies particularly it happens that way because they're fantastic what they're able to do with their hands. They're great at their job. And we all feel as though we can do better than somebody who's currently employing us. It's easy to poke holes, I think, um, when we're working for somebody else. It's really easy to see those gaps or the opportunities or where we could potentially do things better or differently. But also that that idea of freedom or, or taking control, you mentioned it um, yourself even. What made you want to look at perhaps doing some of this stuff before you even began in your business journey you 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 you've worked particularly hard on setting the structure of the business ensuring that everything is ready to flick the switch and turn into a business owner and i don't know that i've met too many like you that are immediately thinking like a business owner rather than somebody making that transition so i'd wonder if you can give us a bit of an idea of what that process was like yeah um it probably looks back on the whole uh, obsessive nature that i have when i start moving into something and another facet of that is I have to understand exactly how something works which is mm. sort of why I'm good at being a fitter and fixing things mm. um so I can't I couldn't bring myself just to say I'm going to start a business you know get a ABN and then start charging and not knowing exactly how it works or why I'm doing it which is why I put so much pre-planning into it to understand exactly what I needed in place and almost predicting the business before it was even a business on how it was going to work, which you guys have been such a big help in. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. We'll and... slip you that check after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and it's, uh, it's interesting that you express gratitude to us because for us, as business coaches and for any listeners who don't know, yes, Nicole is a business coach and she <laughs> loves it, loves it when I tell her that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to, to, I guess, work with and be a part of the community, I think that's the biggest thing for us is really we just moderate a community of people like you, Ben. Um, we get so much fulfillment out of working with people like you who um, take ownership and are just so open to learning and feedback and coaching obviously that um i feel like it almost can't fail <laughs> to use that word in that sense uh because it is really it is a great oh i'm going to use this term synergistic relationship uh where you know the polarity just works and then there's other people who you feel like you're just arm wrestling with them all the time to convince them that having a business plan is a good idea or that you should probably write some stuff down and have some procedures for your business even before you start yeah. it. So 
um, yeah, just to reflect some of that back at you, Ben, um, <laughs> you're getting the results that you deserve, mate. Mm. Oh, thank you very much. No, it's definitely, definitely something that I'm passionate about now as well. Not even looking at the, the industry that I'm in, but the business part is, mm. is so much like a machine in the mm. way that you can look at it and how you can see how everything works and change things because I think that like go like this is going off on a tangent but probably one of the things that I've struggled with the most is going from going from the mindset of an employee and thinking that you've got someone else there to say good job or like doing the right thing or anything like that into mm. something where you start to realize that every decision you make is yours and you're the only one that's going to tell you whether or not you're doing the right thing or the feedback that we can get from the community after we've done it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird, weird transition to make, but it's good. It's very freeing. It's huge. And I think when you start to get a handle on some of those um, fundamentals that go into running a business, you learn really quickly what the metrics are to, to reflect back to you what that success looks like. So it, it's the figures, you know, often it's in the figures or it's it's testing and measuring different parts of your marketing plan or it's um, the feedback that you're actually seeking from your clients on a consistent basis. That's where I think the metrics of su success start to come from. Um, ben, in the beginning, we have lofty ideas about what a business potentially could look like, particularly in the short term. I guess that comes a lot from looking at heroes or businesses that we aspire to and often we find that business looks really different when we jump in and give it a crack what's it been like for you did you have some of those lofty ideas that you've had to rephrase or relook at or have you actually found that you're with with that intent and the work beforehand you're able to get where you need to be um it's actually very better than i thought it was going to be because because when i was in the planning stage and say um because I didn't know what anything costed like insurances or any of those sort of ongoing costs, I overestimated everything so much. And when I was figuring out, you know, what it might look like versus what it actually looks like now, I was, I was way, way further down the track as far as how much it was going to cost me. So it's so, so much better than I thought it was going to be, but I'm so thankful that I at least, you know, put the work in to actually, overestimate it and not have any fantastical ideas that was going to you know throw me under the bus later on mm. yeah totally so what surprised you in your first three months what, what's different than you thought it was going to be um just that it really surprised me that it was working the way that i sort of designed it to like the <laughs> the, the, prop, the profit that i'm putting away is my profit and then there's no tax on that because I've calculated the tax and I put that away somewhere else and like it's all of that's coming into place and for example one thing that surprised me this break I haven't even told you guys about this but <laughs> I spent I got a call on my first day of break and had another drilling company um, contract me for three days to come and do a job on one of their rigs in Perth and wow. that was the time to pull the trigger on something that I planned and buying a full set of tools for Perth. So now I'm all set up for hey, Perth rig as well. Nice. Yeah. Well yeah, no, nah, it's Congratulations. Good. good on you, mate. But, and having and having all of that stuff in place from the get go, 
it wasn't a surprise and it wasn't something that I stressed about or it's not going to affect cash flow or anything like that because everything was in place from the start. Yeah. That's surprising. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think for our listeners listening, can I just remind you, Ben's been in business for three months and three months only. And yes, he did just say he's already putting profit away. There'll be many of our listeners who have been in business <laughs> 5, years. 10, 20 years and they're still not putting profit away. It's it's mind-blowing to me because it's a transition, right? I think becoming a business owner is a transition from being a tradie to becoming a business person and that's really, really challenging to do. So often the thought of profit and what to do with profit and how to allocate it, it's a mind-blowing concept for many business owners, not just in the trades, I think in many. So really important point that I'd like to highlight that you've already had those thoughts, conversations, Mm. put the work into creating the outcome that you desire, which is to have profit to put away, which is to be drawing a good wage, which is to understand what's required so that you can purchase that set of tools. Uh, whilst that's work, putting it in place early on so that you have, I guess, the those metrics that you can measure and make decisions by means that you don't have to be concerned or worried about when is the right time to make a choice within the business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I was thinking about this yesterday. One of the one of the things that I wanted to sort of bring up was that it is stressful having a business, but when you have, when you've put the plan in, like I have, and it's all of the surprise things aren't stressing you out. Mm. It's the the stressful parts of what you choose to put on yourself, which is the growth, and you know the things that are pushing you forward are the stresses that you choose to have. Mm. So it's a lot different, a lot different than having something that pops up and scares the poo out of you, <laughs> and then yeah, start stressing and- over that. Because you've done that that background work, you, you can adapt more readily. Like you can make those quick decisions mm. from a place of, okay, yep, well, I've um, this is not what I planned, and I can see that I've got the funds to buy the full set of tools based on that coming in. Because you've got some certainty around cash flow and profit and workflow and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Ben, one of the things that <clears throat> I guess we talk about and gets talked about a lot is that a lot of business owners, particularly new business owners, don't know what they don't know. So there's this this bunch of stuff that they figure they should know, but they don't know what it is. Is there, I mean, you, you certainly went into this very much with your eyes open. Are there some things that you've learned that you didn't know you should learn before you started the business? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, there's there is a lot that I didn't know that I didn't know, <laughs> um, especially especially around the um, the systems part of it. I think, like, say, before I really before I actually started up and running, I didn't know that I should have a invoicing or a quoting process or a sales process in place, so that every every time you made a sale, it was the same thing you're doing every time. Which then, in the future, means that you don't have to think about it because you've got the process there and anyone else can do it. Yep. And before I started, I didn't know that I need to know how to make the systems. I knew that systems were a thing and that they're important and that's what adds value to a business. But I never knew where, where to implement them or at what level they go down to because everything's got one behind it. Absolutely everything. Mm. Mm. They're like the unicorn of business, I think, systems. And it's often spoken yeah. about by business coaches. You need to systemize the business. But 
But it's really hard to understand what that actually looks like. Can you give us an insight to what that has been like for you, even just some of those smaller systems maybe that you didn't realise you would have to have in place? Yeah, so for me, um, one of the one of the first systems I put in place that's actually been really helpful was my invoicing system because I had no idea how to use Xero. <laughs> <laughs> I um, started making just a flowchart and a screen recording system for that so that I knew that when I'd started and I was busy, my brain wouldn't want to jump over to learning how to invoice and then confusing it and doing it different the next time you do it and different the time after that. Yep. So I made a simple system that just has the step-by-step things off Google, put it into a flowchart, screen recording. So then every time I do it, it's the same way. And then in the future, anyone else that needs to can for me too. Mm. Mm. It's brilliant, Ben. It's um, the systems, they're, not, they're just, they're what carry the business on autopilot forward rather than you having to constantly put out fires. If you've got systems in place and you can be reactive where they might break or they're not quite functioning the way that you need them to function, they can carry that business through for you while you take the time to continue to be on the tools. They're still providing the growth while you start to offload some of those other responsibilities in your business. If the system's in place, it still creates those repeatable results. And I feel like, yes, we bandy on about the unicorn that is systems in business all the time but it's great to hear from somebody who is only just putting them in place and that getting that understanding from you about how important they are and and how they mean that when you're tired after a long day at work and you need to draw up an invoice and send it off you've got that system to provide the repeatable result for you instead of making a mistake or stuffing up zero because you've done it a different way this time because you just needed to get it out and you're exhausted and you can't (laughs) quite remember so it's a great opportunity i think for others to listen and learn um, how important some of those small systems are to yep. get that repeatable result rather than getting stuck or creating mistakes or holes for yourself. One of the things that we talk a lot about, I think on the podcast as much with our members, is a forecasting your future, your crystal ball, trying to get an understanding of what the next three to six months might look like in business. And that's really hard to assume when you are a brand new business and you've never done this before. Has that been challenging for you? And if it hasn't, why not? What What's created that clarity for you? Um, the cash flow forecasting in my crystal ball has surprisingly not been hard for me. And um, it's been extremely accurate from before I started the business because because of that whole thing I was talking before about, you know, over overestimating costs. And since I know what my job was before starting the business. And I knew that what I was doing was basically going to be the same sort of thing, traveling somewhere, fixing something and traveling back or whatever. Mm. I, all that I did was put a monetary value on everything that I was doing there. And then the estimated cost of everything else. And it's all worked. It's worked out really perfectly. I don't, I don't know how I've done it. (laughs) (laughs) But but it has, I wish I had some massive problems to tell you that I had to face around it, but (laughs) now we want to smooth and easy. Everybody else thinks they need to do it before they start business as well. Probably, probably one of the best things that I've done around the cash flow, and particularly now has been to match up. I've matched up all of my zero chartered accounts with the cash flow forecast. So now I don't even need to think about updating. I just have a look at my chart of accounts and say, oh, that's how much I spent this month. And I just write it in there. And then 
that helps me predict the future from there. Yep. Yep. That's yep. great. It's every, everything that you've put in place. Um, and it's not, it's not very sexy. It's prevention. Mm. It's like preventative maintenance, which I talk about a fair bit. Uh, those, <clears throat> those systems and setting up the cash flow forecast and all those things, they kind of protect your best self from your worst self as a business owner. <laughs> because we have moments where we're complete morons and we do dumb stuff in our businesses that our best self would never let us do. Um, but having those systems, you know, we create them when we're in our best self mode mm. so that our worst self is like, damn it, there's already a way for me to do this thing. I can't screw it all up, you know. So it's like having put all that work in and overestimating expenses and like that creates the safety net for for when you do have a moment of, oh, that's a sexy looking tool or oh, mm. I think I'll just have an extra week off or something, you know, and, and then that buggers up your cash flow and you can't pay your invoices next month. Um, Ben, I, I want to talk about your goals and ask you, uh, and I don't actually know the answer to this listeners. So this is, um, this, I could dig a hole for myself here and make myself sound like a complete wally. <laughs> so make sure you help me out here, big fella. Um, but you, you had some goals and, and most people do when they go into a business. Have they changed at all now that you're sort of three months in and, uh, I guess you're seeing what reality looks like versus the idea of the business. Mm. Yeah. Have your goals changed at all? And if so, how might they have changed? Um, around the business, I think they're slowly changing at the moment into something a wee bit more solid because when I started, I knew I wanted to start the business and I know I want to grow the business, but the question is where I want to grow it because mm. one of my goals or me and Cindy, my fiance's goal, is to move to New Zealand and have the business over there. But we're sort of trying to figure out at the moment whether or not we're going to keep it in Australia and New Zealand and run, you know, uh, two businesses or one big business between the two places sort of thing. So that's evolving at the moment. But probably the biggest change in goals that we've had recently, which is another rabbit hole that we're starting to go down, is profits. the profits from the business. We don't want to just sit there doing nothing we are going down the next rabbit hole of figuring out how to get them working for the future whether it's reinvesting into the business or portfolios or property or anything like that yeah so that's that's probably the biggest goal that's formulating now for 20 years down the track yeah yeah wealth creation right mm. yeah which is what which is what we should all be in business for is to create wealth yeah not just to keep us occupied on the days in between weekends or workshops, <laughs> which is probably a good thing for some of us blokes just to keep us <laughs> occupied. <laughs> we get up to all sorts of bad news. Yeah, yeah give cool. us time. We'll give us time, and we can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> we havoc. So, I mean, that's and that's really cool to hear because uh, if if correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you're thinking about um, bigger goals than you probably um predicted coming yep. into the business you know and i know yep. you guys had some specific goals we knew about the new zealand thing thanks for not dropping that on us in the podcast so that's good uh, <laughs> but to be adding stuff in at this stage of your business mm. like that's 
that's the stuff that people usually just give up on in business after about the sixth year. It's like, well, that's never going to happen. So we'll just give up on that and just keep paying the bills. <laughs> Has there been, um, I don't know, I don't want to use the word secret because it's not a secret, but is there some secret sauce or some magical things that have led to that? Um, apart from being in the trade entrepreneur community. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice plug. Thanks, the biggest, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the biggest secret sauce that I've got is just plan. If, yeah. if you plan, you can literally see into the future and seeing into the future means that you know what the present needs to look like to get there. And it sounds simple, but it's, it's just so invaluable to be able to do that and to know how to do it. Mm. It's yeah, it's, it's that simple. Just plan it. <laughs> and there's, for me, it's not really, it's not an option. It's not an option not to move in that direction. Like if, mm. it, if something's not working, it can't stay like that. It needs to change so that, it's, you know, working for me because it's my business and it's meant to work for me mm. and Cindy. Yeah. 100%. Yes, mate. That's our new time. <laughs> All right, Ben, when you first started talking to us, you had a pretty loose timeline on what starting business might look like. And I remember in our early conversations saying, oh, no, we can bring that closer. We can bring that closer. <laughs> that's really easy for me to say in my privileged position of understanding a lot of the fundamentals that need to be in place for you to be able to do it as successfully as you have in that period of time. Can you tell us about your timeline and what it was that accelerated that timeline so you could actually start the business earlier than you first thought you would? Yeah. Um, I think what was our timeline originally? Somewhere between six months. It was, yeah, six to six eight months, months, I think. Was yeah, it. something like that. Yeah. And I think it ended up being three or four months. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. You're up um, by your fifth month, I think. Yeah. Wow, well, that's good. <laughs> so, seems like three months ago. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, probably the things that really accelerated it was becoming like joining, I'll keep plugging it, but joining a community where I could ask the questions that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to get the answers off Google. Like, Lord knows I'd try Googling everything. <laughs> <laughs> but when when I could start asking questions and have access to the resources that tell me exactly what I needed to do, that brought everything forward so fast because it just shortened this whole mm-hmm. learning curve of figuring out what I don't know and then learning how to know it. Mm-hmm. Instead, I already knew what I didn't know because it was all there in front of me and then all that I had to do was implement it and move forward from there. Yeah, nice. I'm just writing all this down for our next marketing meeting here at Business. <laughs> ben, was it hard? Like we, one of the common points of feedback we get is um, I'm already busy, there's not enough time or it's too hard. Was it hard for you? How did you make the time? Remembering that, so for our listeners' benefit, if they haven't picked up yet, you were working full time. Um, in your capacity at your regular job and doing this outside of those business hours. Was that really, really hard or was it, I don't know, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Was it hard? Yeah. Um, it was It was definitely It was definitely hard because it's learning something new, but I was, I was extremely passionate about it. And I was I was working long hours like up at, when I'm up on site, it's 84 hours a week for two weeks. So you're working all day every day but i'd just get back at night and a couple of hours on the computer doing some planning or doing a cash flow or learning something 
And then while I'm working all day, I can be thinking about it and mulling it over. And then when I get back from work at night, I can just put it down on the computer and it's just rinse and repeat that mm-hmm. over and over. So it wasn't, um, I'd probably say it was demanding, yep. but it wasn't hard and yep. it wasn't too stressful because I found out that I love learning yeah. after I left school. so what does it look like now are you still working those massive hours week on week plus working after hours on the business yeah yeah it pretty much looks the same as that working when i'm when when i'm up at work it's the same sort of hours because it's sort of labor hire style thing working for the drilling companies um and then i just do a bit after work every night again it's on things that don't have to be done but it's things that are building the business and goals that i set for myself and keeping on track for the growth that we're looking for and then you but have... as far as actually like as far as things that i have to do on a daily basis to keep the business running there's not a whole lot because i've got so much stuff in place yeah hmm. perfect and then you're having so you're doing are you still doing similar to two weeks on two weeks off uh two weeks on one week off yeah okay at the moment nice but yeah, no, it's good. And then on the week on the week off, surprisingly, I don't do too much business stuff either. It's about the same, maybe two or three hours a day at the most. Cindy, Cindy, my fiance, has been amazing. She's a um, bit of a social media whiz, so she's been getting that that up and running for me. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, no, it's been it's been really good. I just have to come up with the puns. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever run out of material, mate, just let us know. It's got a little blue book full of really books. bad jokes. 365 <laughs> of them, and I've only used seven. I've still got a couple of joke books at home from when I was 12. <laughs> the same They're about the here, same though. level, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, dear. Ben, I'm going to ask Warwick's question. I'm oh, you steal your thunder. Usurped me. Yep. Jump in. Actually, I was just <laughs> about to blurt it out, too. All right, Ben, I think you know the question because you were a podcast listener before you spoke to us in the first place. And the question, oh, yeah. if you had 1,000 trade business owners in a room, what's the one piece of advice you'd love to leave them with? Don't be afraid to plan and wow. to really take a deep look, deep look at it. I'm writing I don't think that we've ever too. had that one before, Ben. That's a cracker. <laughs> It's you know, just thought about it's it for sexy. ages, like three seconds or something. <laughs> <laughs> is that like dog years? Like three seconds for a Kiwi brain is like, you know, 73 yeah. seconds for an Australian brain? It is. It's exactly <laughs> that. <laughs> That's why we look so young. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I like it. It's the lanolin from the sheep. <laughs> yeah. You should see, look at how shiny that is. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, this started the second we first walked into the meeting with yeah. Ben, didn't it? Straight up, yeah, yeah. straight from the very beginning, the yeah. notes came out. And I don't know, I think it was ribbon right from day one all the way through to now. Yep. It's the only way for it. I yep. agree, 100%. <laughs> well, um, that was weird hearing Coxie ask my question. I think it's the first time, Nicole. Yeah. We could make that a regular thing, you know. No, I just did it once to <laughs> shock and delight. Try it on once. Um, ben, I, I just want to reiterate um, how fulfilling it is to work with you. Um, it's it's just so great to see someone grasp learning, as you say. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the big takeaways for me from our chat is that commitment to learning 
And yeah, it's not about personal development and um, doing transformational programs or anything. I think it's just that openness to actually learning how things work. And mm. and I say this a lot on the podcast, and I say it a lot in our client sessions with our tradiepreneurs, is I reckon tradies have such a fantastic skill set around problem solving and understanding how things work. You know, whether it's a heavy diesel fitter or a plumber or a gas fitter or a glazier, it doesn't matter. Like there's just that that kinesthetic skill of how does this work and how do I create something out of it or fix it or, you know, install it. So if you take that to business, it's just about learning how business works and there's bits that go together and that, you know, turn the gears and produce the outcome. And I just love yeah. how you've you've taken that concept and really run with it, mate. So like I say, you're getting the results you deserve, mate. Super excited about uh, the next 12 months or more with uh, with yourself and Cindy and MOA. Uh, and, you know, definitely, mate, an Australian branch, a New Zealand branch. You know, you could be yeah. up in PNG with another another branch up there. <laughs> like Or branch. Is it branch or branch? I'm not too sure. I'm going to go 50-50. It depends branch. on the day of the week. Branch. <laughs> it's a branch. You could have another branch. You could even have a branch uh, down here in Tassie. What is wrong oh, with branch? I wouldn't mind a Tassie branch. <laughs> there's lots of there's lots of axe men down here, mate. Lumberjacks everywhere. I know, and they're a cut above the rest down there. Oh boom. <laughs> Finish with a pun. Nice mate. Oh, oh thank oh, you very dude. much for your help. Really appreciate it. When we pleasure, appreciate you. Thank you very much, Ben. Great to have a chat today. Thank you. Thanks, Legend. Hooroo. <laughs> You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.